Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to sports on a Sunday morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Sports Choice, KMOX. Did you see that picture taken by your women from St. Louis University? Oh, my goodness. Wow. I mean, could they do anything wrong yesterday? (laughs) They beat Dayton. They snap a 40-game winning streak in conference play, and then they take that picture that was posted on Twitter. I put it out there as well on Instagram and Twitter. Wow. I mean, so it's an aerial view, folks, of downtown St. Louis yesterday at sunset. As the Billikens were coming in. Yeah, apparently, I guess they were flying into Parks Airport downtown across the river there. Mm -hmm. And they were right next to the arch, right across the river from it. And the lights and the snow and everything, it is is an A-plus picture. Yeah, that was uh, Carrie McMahon. Uh, McMahon. McMahon, sorry. Carrie McMahon. She was a player for the Billikens for four years, and now she is one of the assistants. Uh, Carrie uh, is the director of basketball operations. Yeah. Um, and took a spectacular photo. So, yeah. wow. And uh, good for them. They won 64-57 over Dayton and snapped a 40-game streak for that team. Yeah, Dayton hadn't lost at home in the A-10 since 2016. Yikes. And the Billikens got down early. They were down 12-4 to early. And, you know, after the men's game up there the other night, you're thinking, oh, here we go yeah. again. I guess not. They decided it's it's our turn to take over this conference, and they've won six in a row. They have. Uh, they're on fire. Yes. Uh, they uh, the men's team. Boy, that was oh, a struggle. Yikes! I mean, that was just that was a tough one to watch yeah. and listen. Actually, I didn't watch it. I listened to it, and uh, I was making dinner, and I listened to Rammer and Earl call the game, and I said, "Well, I don't need to watch it now." They're telling me all I need to know. I listened to yeah. to them. And that, to their credit, I mean, they let them have it. Yeah. I mean, no, especially Rammer. Yeah, they will. So, and, and you know, I, I tell you, I don't watch much ESPN because they don't carry sports that I watch much. I watch a lot of hockey, mm-hmm. basically, and golf. Uh, it was awful. Uh, I don't, I don't know who the announcers were, and I don't care. But they brought in a third guy, and they just talked. I saw you tweet that. They just so. talked, and then they have graphics. It's like a talk now. show. What? what, yeah. what uh, was it? CBS Sports. ESPN Network? two. Oh, ESPN two, and then they they had graphics that took up a third of the screen. Well, that had nothing to do with the game, and it's like you know those of us who are watching this game are watching it because we want to watch this game. If we wanted to listen to analysis, we would listen to another show. I got to be a little careful what I say because I do games on TV, and I have a lot of friends in that business, and I don't want to be overly critical of people who do what I do over mm-hmm. there. So I get it, but. Sure. 
That said, some of the <laughs> some of the remote broadcasts that I've seen, it's mm-hmm. like they're calling you know golf, and it's like this is college basketball. Yeah. So that I think takes away from it a little bit. So I'll yeah. give them a little pass there. Is that they're doing it remotely? But I hear you. There was another one. My beloved Indiana Hoosiers are playing a game, and in the middle of the game, they're doing like NBA draft. Uh, you know, prognostications yeah. and they brought an NBA draft analyst on the telecast. I'm like, get off of there. Yeah. I'm watching the, I'm watching the Hoosiers, man. It's big 10 basketball. What are you talking to the NBA for? I mean, I it's understand a huge game. I, and from a programming aspect, you look at it like, okay, the fans are going to watch. So we got them. Let's try to get other people who may not be so interested in St. Louis U against Dayton. I hear you. Well, they're not watching the game anyway. And, yeah. and now you're making those of us who want to watch the game, turn it off. I hear that. And here's here's a Travis Ford, by the way, after the game yesterday. This was I mean, not this is Friday, sorry. This is after the game against Dayton. Here's Travis Ford. God bless Bob Ramsey on this one. <laughs> Welcome back to Billiken Basketball. Dayton wins 76-53. Let's go to Billiken head coach Travis Ford. Uh, coach, an understatement of the year, tough day at the office. Yeah, just a terrible performance. Yep. Yeah, you know, uh, after you got after Jordan Goodwin kind of stole the opening tip, Dayton just had an answer, and I was amazed at their energy. It appeared in that first half, especially that no matter where you turned, there were two Dayton players on the ball. You pass the ball, and there are two guys there. It, it appeared they were playing with seven, eight guys. Yeah, they were moving at a different speed than we were. No question, we saw that immediately, and. Uh whatever reason and you know i just didn't do a good 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 enough job getting our guys prepared and we need to uh get back to the drawing boards here you know good job by rammer right there in yeah. steering uh coach ford in that direction and good job by coach ford for you know taking responsibility but it is everybody and the billikens yeah. need to be better uh what about the blues so the blues yesterday this is our blues breakdown as we start every uh, sports on a sunday morning with brian kelly and uh, I uh, was surprised to see them actually bounce back as quickly as they did, down three nothing and four to one. Mm-hmm. Four to one, they tie the game. They score four goals in the second period. I'm like, whoa! I mean, they're missing seven people here. A lot of their forwards due to injury, and now Sammy Blay goes on the COVID list. But they lose the game five to four. Just too many turnovers, really. Yeah, and the ones that turned into goals early, those first three were just uh, you know Jordan Bennington with that pass off the boards. I thought when he when he made that pass that the angle was a little sharp and the way it came off the board was right to the wrong place. The other uh, turnover that was kind of a pop up and they they turned that into a quick goal real quick and and I, w- I mean, it was good to see him come back. I mean they came back from like you said two three goal deficits but couldn't get over the hump in the third period. You thought they'd come out and kind of dominate the third because of the momentum they had built up, but uh, it's just that second game syndrome. They just have not mastered playing the second game of back-to-backs yet. First time the Sharks have beaten the Blues in regulation since the hand pass. They had really been cursed since that move, and uh, the Blues, of course, ended up winning that series, thanks in part to Craig Berube, who told his players after that game, forget about it. Who cares? The media, everyone else will say and complain what they want. We're going to move forward and win some hockey games, and they did. Here's Chief after last night's loss. Greg, how frustrating is it to score four? Uh, especially missing all the players you had and, and not be able to come out. With yeah, we definitely points. scored enough to win the game, but uh, too many mistakes defensively. And, um, you know, we just got to tighten that up. <clears throat> got to be better. 
It seemed like it was more cases the goals. I mean, maybe stuff that that you guys did rather than maybe San Jose making a great play. Yeah, we had a couple turnovers and then they countered off of them. Uh, one was a goalie handle, you know, just unfortunate. But uh, but you know, just in general, uh, a couple turnovers, um, you know, went in our net, um, and it's stuff that we know what we're supposed to do and where we're supposed to be and. When you turn the puck over, you make the wrong play with the puck. Um, people counter off of it, and they did a good job of that and scored some goals. They did, and they won the game 5-4 to four over the Blues, who have the Kings tomorrow at Enterprise Center. Now, they are missing some people. I will say that. We know they're mm-hmm. missing Vladdy. They're missing Robert Thomas. Uh, they don't have Blay. They don't have Pareko. They don't have Bozak. They don't have Barbashev now, who's on IR. Um I might be missing one. They're missing seven people. But did anyway, you mentioned Blay. I think you I did, did mention Blay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it. That said, I mean, you know, it. It's not the Blues team, buttoned-up Blues team that we were hoping for. There's still tons of hockey left, and I would anticipate when they get everybody back together, they'll be good. But right now, it's it's a reason to be alarmed. It's certainly testing their depth, and and that's what happens when you ha- when you're using that depth. You got guys playing more than they should in positions maybe they shouldn't in situations that they probably should not be in, and you're going to have some breakdowns now and then, and that's what they're experiencing. Uh, it's good that they're playing, and they should have beaten San Jose, and now they get L.A., another team that's down. Uh, so this is an opportunity to, while you are shorthanded, to play teams that you should beat. Uh, I think Schwartz, did you mention Jaden? Uh, Jaden, yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. other one. Yeah, I mean, I was one. watching that last night, and I'm thinking, boy, we could sure use Jaden Schwartz mm-hmm. out there, you know? And it's it's tough, but it is a it's not as long as usual, but it's still a long season, and uh, you just got to keep plugging away. You get a win over L.A., and then, again, you're playing a team that you should beat. One of the things I wanted to point out, the pass that Jordan Cairo made. Oh, my goodness. On that goal. What right? a player he is. That little saucer pass, and it lands right at his stick. What a play. And and then also, there was a, one of the plays I remember where he was down there right in front of his own goal. Making the defensive play, bringing the puck down the ice. I mean, that kid is really, really come on. And it was it's fun to watch him no matter what happens with the Blues. He is a really, really exciting player. Yeah. And, and I think that people are going to be wearing his jersey. I think kids are going to be emulating him in practice. I really mm-hmm. do. I think that he's the next big thing. We'll hopefully see that him stay healthy and have yeah. it stick. But a player like with his skill set, with uh, the players he has around him, you could see him blossoming into an all-star. I mean, yeah. really. No so, question about it. I think it's exciting for sure. Got to get the power play going. You had a power play with yep. four and a half to go. You got a chance to tie the game and didn't do anything. Yeah, and that. you had one starting the third period. Yeah. You know, the one that, that ended up uh, going into the third period, they didn't convert there either. Ryan mm-hmm. O'Reilly kind of put it on himself saying, I need to help create more there too. So we'll see. Uh, but the Blues lose that game 5-4 to the Sharks. Coming up, we hear from Cardinals broadcaster Mike Claymore. He is next from Jupiter, Florida. One week from today, we will be witnessing Cardinal baseball. Isn't that something? They will have a game on February 28th. We'll talk to Claves about that and much more. BK, we appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Sports on a Sunday morning. Mike Kelly, voice of the Tigers, with us at 1030, 1045. Earl Austin Jr., it's a broadcaster show. 1105, Jim Hayes from Fox Sports Midwest. John Mosellock at 1130. Nick Ragone will update us on the Ascension Charity Classic in Norwood Hills, the PGA Champions event is going to add some big names, and we'll tell you who they are at 1145. Sports on a Sunday morning. I'm Tom Ackerman on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah! On 
America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's 1020. Pleased to welcome in Cardinals broadcaster Mike Claiborne from Jupiter, Florida. Spring training one week from today. There's a baseball game, Claibs. How are you? I'm doing well, and um, I'm looking forward to next week. Absolutely. Uh, we've good weather, and uh, everybody's, you know, this has just been such an off season. I think everybody's really ready to get this thing going. Absolutely. You know, on my garage happy hour a couple of weeks ago, I had, and I could have gotten myself in big trouble here. I had Dave LaPointe and John Costello on. Uh, oh, and you're still on the air. That's, I still you're, made it. You're really lucky. Dave. You know what saved me is I had Ozzy backstage and I had Ozzy surprise them. That kind of calmed things down a little bit. But, yeah, uh, create a little balance with that interview. <laughs> There's no doubt. But uh, Pointer made a great point, and he said that when you get a player like Arenado, everything, when you show up to spring training, everything just, you get that much more excited. It's, it's, you, you're more excited to get out on the field, to, to stretch, to work, uh, and it just makes everything better. Do you feel that from this team? Is there a renewed sense of optimism among the ballplayers? Yeah, I would say so. And just the players I've talked to, um, in, in this era of players having a chance to play with other great players, you pick a sport and you see these, these super teams being put together. Uh, in this case, if you're a pitcher, you know, your prayers have been answered. I mean, with regard to the defense that you're going to have on the infield, throw in the fact that, as you probably have heard by now, Tom, this team offensively hasn't been as good as they'd like to be. He's going to certainly add to that. So overall, just whenever you get one of the top players in the game on your team and, and he goes along with Goldschmidt and some other good players, uh, everybody's looking forward to just getting out playing and, and just seeing what he can do. Yeah, it's exciting. The other kind of big story this week was the fact that Nolan Gorman had shifted to second base. We knew that they were going to try him out at different positions. I like the fact that he requested to show up early to work with Stubby Clapp and, of course, Jose Okendo to work on that. What have you heard and uh, observed, Klebs? Well, you know, one of the things about him, Tommy, he's got pretty good footwork. And if you have good footwork, you can probably play on the infield. You just mentioned Stubby and Jose. Uh, They can teach the position as well as anyone. And, you know, he's a young man that's going to have a real future in this organization. I mean, with power, the power that he has that we've seen in the early stages of his career, certainly lends the, the feeling that once he gets settled in a position, whether it's second base, whether it could be left field, I mean, there are some options for a player like him, and I think they're going to be patient, bring him along slowly. Uh, he comes early and stays late as far as just trying to learn the game and, and talking to guys. Even Arnado, he talks to quite a bit as far as just how he plays things on the infield. And I think once you are part of that infield fraternity, uh, you, you're always looking to help the other guy, and whoever he can go to on this team is certainly there to help him. Absolutely. You know, a lot of position player discussion here, but it is pitchers and catchers, and certainly they have taken a lot of the news headlines as we keep an eye on the biggest competition, I would say, right now is for that fifth spot in the starting rotation. Yesterday, Carlos and Gant and uh, Ponce were all firing bullpen sessions, uh, get an early read on that for us, if you would, on, on that fifth spot of the rotation. Well, everybody who's come into camp, with the exception of Jordan Hicks, wants a shot at it. Okay, everybody is stretched out, and it's one of those situations where I think over the course of the season, we won't have 
in my opinion, a designated fifth starter every week. I think it'll be a, a group of different people um, that you will see because of either injury or just maybe matchup or just the fact that maybe you have a tired arm from somebody. I, I think you're going to see a combination of people that, that can fill that role. Um, you know, when we have double headers and things of that nature, uh, the way you use bullpens today, I just really think, Tom, that you're going to probably have a five and a five A fifth starter as far as guys that are going to be in that position. Yeah, I, I think you're right on, and it's going to get interesting. As for Hicks, they haven't officially named him the closer yet, but of course he has that experience. He has uh, just amazing stuff when he's on. So far, so good there? Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't have any real limitations. Um, you know, obviously he hasn't thrown competitively for almost two years, but the fact is he might be the strongest guy on this team. Physically, no one is more imposing than him. Uh, so getting himself up to snuff, I don't think will be a problem. Uh, it's just having a feel, being in a, in a situation to see how hitters adjust to what you're throwing. And he needs to see that a little bit and then work off of that. A lot of people want to know how Miles Michaelis is faring so far after coming off his 2020 where he had to deal with arm issues. How's Miles? He's been okay. I think one of the things he's just trying to get into the rhythm, um, and that's one of the things where you, when you're just having bullpens, that's a little different than when you have somebody step in the box and getting some swings off of you. Uh, but I haven't heard of any limitations with him yet. Uh, I think that obviously – He's going to take his time getting ready. And I, I think for guys like Michaelis, take all the time you need to get ready for April or May or June. Uh, the challenge, though, you have, Tom, is because we don't have as many games to play as far as spring training is concerned, they're going to have to try and find ways for these guys to get some innings, whether it's B games, split squads, uh, you know, sim games. There are going to be a lot of different things they're going to try and do to, to make sure that everybody gets a complement of innings. Yeah, it is an adjustment for sure. Everything's kind of adjusted down there. Just for fans who know uh, when they come down, it'll be a little different, won't it, Claves? I mean, give us a sense of uh, paint a picture of kind of how they're separating everybody down there right now. Well, here's how it's going to shake out. If you are a fan who's been accustomed to going on the backfields and and taking in guys, uh, that's not going to happen. It's going to be limited. Media is going to be limited as far as their access is concerned as well. And uh, they just want to be safe. Uh, you know, this is a state that's pretty, pretty liberal with regard to its policies on mask and, and just safety is concerned. So the Cardinals have tried to make sure the fewer, the better that they can control as far as access is concerned. So it won't be like it's been in the past. There'll be a limited num- a number of tickets that will be available for sale that you have to go online and purchase. They're trying to make this a cashless event where if you don't have a debit or credit card when you come to the ballpark, it would be pretty hard to get anything done. Uh, the other thing that we you probably have heard, everything they do is outside with the exception of change clothes. You can bring food in the ballpark or in the facility. Uh, all the meetings take place under tents. All the meals are served under tents. Workouts are done with an open door to the, to the weight room, and also um, some tents are available for that as well. So all of those things are going to consume uh, how they do things for this spring training. Uh, again, just trying to be safe. And kudos to Major League Baseball, where I think you had less, it was it 0.3% of the whole test, all the tests, it was over 4,000 tests where we had some positive results. 
So everybody is really bearing down on this, and you have to give them a lot of credit for, for doing it because I think we all saw what happened last year with not just the Cardinals, the, the Marlins and other teams who had this situation, and it became a, one that was very difficult to deal with. Uh, a couple of things left for you. I just uh, I know how important people uh, find and and feel that this game is to them, and to be able to bring it to them through the radio airwaves is important to us. The sights and sounds of Cardinal baseball. Jim Jackson is going to bring them to you, along with, of course, Mike Shannon, John Rooney, Ricky Horton, and Mike Claiborne. We don't have an official broadcast schedule released just yet, but it's coming. Uh, we will get that to you, so you know where and when to not only hear the games but also see them because Danny Mack does such a great job. But Claibs, what an opportunity as always to to bring it to the people. You know, yeah, I agree. Uh, especially at this time of the year, we've been yearning for baseball, and even though the games don't count, the moments do as far as progress is concerned. And uh, I can promise you this. Uh, I think next Sunday, Tom, there's a real good chance you can hear Cardinal baseball. Uh, I'm just saying, yeah, just yeah. going out on a limb here, there's a good chance. But you're right. Uh, the schedule will be firmed up later this week. But it's been one of those situations where everything has been, in my opinion, w- with from Major League Baseball on down, everything's been written in pencil. Because you, ha- you have to make some changes from time to time. Uh, for different reasons. Uh, we've been fortunate so far where COVID hasn't had an impact, but everybody's safety conscious, not just of COVID, but making sure players don't overdo it and make sure they get their work in. So it, it's something we're all trying to roll with, and, and I'm just hoping at some point during the season things will be more relaxed we'll have more fans involved and uh, we can get back to something we're accustomed to. ClabesOnline.com. You do a really nice job of that, Clabes. I really like Thank that. You. you have uh, newsworthy uh, guests, but you also do historical stories. You, you look back and at this day in history. I know that's been a fun project for you. No, it has, and thank you for saying it. Uh, we, we have a lot of fun with it. Um, and it's amazing how many things have happened in St. Louis sports on virtually every day of the year, even if you're in an off season, there was a trade that may have been made from, from a team and players that we remember from yesteryear. So that's been a lot of fun and working with Joe Roderick, we do our little noon deal on Monday. I don't know how we're going to do it tomorrow because I'll be over at the ballpark, but uh, we have a lot of different things going on. We'll have some new people joining us here very soon that will be recognizable names. It's a great, I highly encourage people to go to it, clabesonline.com. You can also follow it on social media. And we appreciate it, my friend. Have a great rest of your Sunday, and thanks for joining us on the show. Always good to visit with you, Tom. Where are you at today? Are you on the road again? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually back home uh, after a three-week road trip through the Valley on these Sundays. I am in the studios of KMOX downtown. Well, I bet it was a surprise when your kids woke up and saw you walking around this morning <laughs> on a Sunday, right? That's did you right. Make breakfast for them. I did. Yeah, we had breakfast. Okay, the dogs, the dogs were happy to, that I was there on a Sunday morning. So yeah, it's been it's been good. All uh, right. Have a good one. Thank you. I work really hard at it. You do the same, sir. Yes, sir. Mike Claiborne, Cardinals broadcaster, with us. Mike Kelly's next. Voice of the Tigers, former host of this show, is going to be on KMOX right after these words. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Great to hear from Mike Claiborne. Look who's on the phone. One of my favorites. Voice of the Tigers, Mike Kelly, on his former show, Sports on a Sunday Morning. How are you, my friend? Let me guess. 
Let me guess. Yes. Claiborne, the bum, is in Florida. <laughs> oh, yes. He is in Claiborne, Jupiter. Claiborne, yeah. He's probably been there for a month and a half, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Talk yeah. about the life of Riley. Oh, he said, I'm I'm done. I'm done with the cold. I'm going down to Florida. And I don't blame yeah. him. I don't blame him one no, bit. I don't, I, I don't blame him at all. Yeah. So I'm we, jealous. Uh, I am too. We have uh, Earl Austin Jr. coming up to talk some hoops after you. So it's a fun hour of broadcasters. And Mike Kelly, the voice of the Tigers, how nice to see Missouri put together a win. Uh, God bless Jeremiah Tillman and his family. He had a, a death in his family and rejoined the team, had 17 points. Tigers put together a nice one, didn't they? Beat South Carolina 93-78. Yeah, and first time time since January of 2020 against Georgia that Missouri actually had five players scored double figures in the game. And so I think what what the return of Jeremiah, and I echo your comments to his family and also to him, but I think what, what Jeremiah's return signaled, I think for a lot of people, is just how much um, Missouri missed Jeremiah on multiple levels. Not only just his his scoring, his rebounding, his, the way he influences the game from a defensive standpoint when, when guys drive to the basket because of his size, but also because of what he means in the locker room. And, and, and what I saw yesterday was a team that played much more relaxed. I saw a team that played with passion and with, with, with smiles on their faces. Um, and I saw a team that I still think has not played its best game of the season, but I think if you can continue what you did yesterday is certainly a step in the right direction. Yeah, I really like 15 assists, 8 steals, and 9 turnovers. That's good. Really good. Yeah, for a team that's been averaging about 16 turnovers a game in the SEC, and, and a lot of them unforced, but but just an unselfishness to the assists where guys were, were moving without the basketball and, 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 and teammates were finding guys and making the extra pass. And, you know, a lot of times when Missouri's offense gets stagnant, it's because the ball gets stuck in one position, you know, either, you know, Penson dribbling the ball too much or, or others, you know, not moving without the basketball. And so... Um, uh, I saw more of a free and kind of uh, open kind of uh, uh, approach last night, which, you know, obviously helps in terms of, you know, seeding for the for the SEC tournament and keeps you in the top 25 by winning yesterday. Um, you know, now you can kind of take a little bit of a deep breath and figure out a way to, to finish out the last what now is three games in the regular season. Um, and then try to find out if you're going to play those games that were postponed between LSU um, and against Vanderbilt. How do they stack up in the SEC? I mean, they beat Alabama, but it was a nail-biter towards the end, and that team is awfully good. It looks like they're going to win that conference. Yeah, they're 13-1. They're, they're, they're going to win the league. and uh, you know they, they, But, you know, a, a lot can change place from, from that point forward. Arkansas currently sits in second place. Missouri – right now is in sixth place. So, uh, you know, if the tournament were played tomorrow, Missouri would see LSU, or excuse me, would see South Carolina in the first round of the tournament uh, because Auburn's not eligible. Uh, But there's still a lot to happen. I mean, Arkansas has got to play Bama. They've got to play LSU, and they've got to play at South Carolina. LSU sits, you know, tied for second place. They still have to play at Georgia, at Arkansas, against Vanderbilt. Florida, 7-5. They've got to play at Auburn, at Kentucky, and then against Missouri. Tennessee's at eight and six. They've got to play at Vanderbilt at Auburn to close the season. Missouri's sitting there at seven and six. And again, Ole Miss, 
A&M at home, then at Florida, and then you got to figure out, do you play LSU, do you play Vanderbilt? You know, and you look at Ole Miss, they're 7-7. Seven and seven. They beat Missouri by 21. They play Tuesday night. Then they play at Vanderbilt, and then they've got Kentucky. The interesting thing, Tom, is Kentucky, because Kentucky's playing better, right? They're five games under the 500 mark, but they're 7-7 seven and seven in the league. Uh, and, and I think they just kind of under the radar are kind of a crushing blow to their their hopes to get back in the tournament without winning the SEC tournament is that the A&M game on Tuesday was postponed. So, you know, you had a chance, you know, to, to play A&M, get a win there against Florida at home, probably win that, and then go to Ole Miss, a chance to close with four consecutive wins to finish the regular season. Now you're sitting there one game under the 500 mark, heading into the SEC tournament, two wins, you're above 500, three wins, you're guaranteed that you finish above 500. Um, you know, it, it's interesting just the impact that, that that postponement could have on Kentucky's uh, opportunity to get back in the in the uh, in the NCAA tournament. Now I think they, they're probably going to have to win the SEC tournament to get there. Yeah, and they have owned they're that. Capable, they're capable uh-huh. of doing that, obviously. Yeah, they've owned that tournament for years. That's kind of it's kind of scary to think that Big Blue Nation is sitting out there with a chance, but we'll see. I, that Alabama team is ridiculously good. I mean, I could see them. Uh, going to the Final Four, they're they're that kind of team. How good is Missouri? You know what? Uh, R.J. Layton has been really good at providing players for the show, as they did for you when you hosted the show. And I've really enjoyed getting to know these guys. And Mike, they strike me as just a very mature, experienced bunch that really leans on each other and roots for each other. Is what I've noticed. That's that's a page well, out of Conzo Martin's book, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and that's why I thought this team would be able to handle adversity because of the number of experiences that they've had, and um, you know, collectively through their careers. Now, have they had ups and downs? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and have they had bad losses? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just look at the game that they played. Uh, you know, the last time they played Ole Miss. Um, you know, just about two weeks ago, when when really. Conzo Martin called them out after the game. They got they trailed by as many as twenty four, lost by twenty one, and you know he called out their 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 lack of competitiveness in the game. And, and honestly, from about the the eight minute mark on in the second half, I thought that they just kind of folded in the tents. Um, so they've got to be better than that. But but this is a mature group. It's a team that, that apparently had a number of different uh, conversations with one another, players only type things after they lost to Georgia the other night. And, you know, good news is they got Jeremiah back. They they snapped the uh, skid. Mark Smith is in double figures each of the last two games. That's a great sign. Kobe Brown is averaging 16 points a game in the last two games. That's a great sign. And you get the big fella back. So, uh, you know, Tuesday night should be a lot of fun. Finally, how's our man Chris Trevino and your broadcast crew? Uh, we love Chris and you and, and know that you guys work well together. I've enjoyed listening to you. Thanks, Tom. It, you know, it's it's been a weird season just because, you know, normally we would be on the road with the team. We'd be traveling with the basketball team. And, and in basketball, you get a chance to spend more time with the players in more casual environments than you do in any other sport. Um, and that's lacking. You know, I see Conzo Martin by a Zoom call uh, when we do our pregame shows. Um, you know, we do Tiger Talk every Monday, and he sits at one end of the table in a room, and I sit at the other end of the table. And you know, players come in, and so you still get to see the guys. But it's just, it's, it's just a weird season, you know. And you just, you know, but the, but you know, like like everybody else, uh, you know, I think I think we are all COVID fatigued at this point in our lives.
Yeah. Our, our lives have changed for sure. Well, we're going to try to provide uh, some enjoyment here in 2021, and hopefully things start to turn. And I know a big part of that will be the NCAA tournament. Hopefully Missouri has a nice deep run in March. That would be awesome for Tiger fans yeah. who've been waiting for a team like this. Yeah, uh, yeah, it would. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting to see if, you know, we, we get to actually do the games from the four different locations in the state of Indiana. They did say that uh, – the broadcasters, radio broadcasters in the SEC will get a chance to do the the SEC tournament. So that's nice. going to be that's going to be fun to go to Nashville. Hey, just do me a favor. Can you can you get James to smile once in a while? He was always just so <laughs> serious when I was doing the show. I could never get the guy just to even break a smile. Yeah, I you know I I uh, try to get him going. He's smiling right now. I try to bring up James' name as often as I can on the show. You know, just to get him. Well, because. He holds it against you if you don't. That's right. Well, he has the, he has the power. He could totally derail this show if he wanted to. He controls all of the buttons and everything. So, you know, it's James. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hi. I will absolutely. All Mike right. Kelly, have a great, have a great day, great man. Day. There's the voice of the Tigers, Mike Kelly with us. James O'Sullivan is our outstanding producer here on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Tom Ackerman with you. Earl Austin Jr. is next on KMOX. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. You know, normally when I would welcome in a guest like Earl Austin Jr., the radio analyst for the St. Louis University Billikens, I would play a highlight to lead him into this segment. But based on what I heard on Friday, I'm opting to go with zero. Not that they weren't, it wasn't a great call, but there was there, there were no highlights. They were lowlights, right, Earl? I, I thought that uh, you and Rammer were great uh, under the circumstances too, but that was a tough one against Dayton losing 76-53. Earl, how are you? I'm doing better than I was Friday night. Uh, (laughs) It was a a tough one, no doubt about it. Dayton really took it to us and uh, from the beginning, and uh, we just never responded. They shot it well, defended us well, and uh, just had us buffalo for 40 minutes. And uh, hopefully uh, we get that past us and uh, try to get back on the winning note here as well. Especially after we we've been playing pretty good basketball leading up to that. Yeah, that was the surprising part is that you really had. I mean, I don't know that SLU had been shooting the ball particularly well, but they had been playing a really solid brand of basketball. That was the surprising thing, Earl. I guess that the hope is that they come out and have an amazing effort the next time around because that was the tough part. It wasn't just like they were catching bad breaks. They just didn't seem to have their legs under them or their head straight or I don't know what it was. Yeah, we were just uh, we were just two slept slow, slow throughout the evening. Uh, uh, they had us, like I say, they defended us, but we didn't shoot it well. Like you said, we had been shooting it fairly well. You know, we struggled the first couple of games coming off our quarantine. Then we started to uh, shoot the ball a little bit better, and then then what we really been doing is we've been defending well and rebounding. We had given up uh, in our four game winning streak. We had given up uh, our average like fifty three, fifty four points a game. And we gave up 43 in the first half against Dayton. And we had shot the ball well enough. And we had gotten some pretty good ball movement. So what then, uh, we, we came out the gate, we got some open looks, three or four right in a row, and uh, didn't didn't fall for us. And then Dayton was able to take advantage, and they got out in transition. And and just we were kind of digging out a quicksand that, of the rest of the way. You know what's amazing to me is that as bad as that game was and as poorly as Jordan Goodwin shot it, three of 16, he still was three points and two rebounds away from a double-double. I mean, I just, you know, how does he do that? He, he's, he is one of the greatest Billikens of all time, isn't he, Earl? 
Yes, he is. He's just a competitive kid who's just done everything. Like you said, Yuri Collins let, went out with an ankle injury. So Jordan returned to be point guard, which he was his freshman year, and uh, played tremendous that double-doubles, high assists, low turnovers, and guarded the other team's point guard and just played at such a high level. So, yeah, I think he's just a leader. You know, his heartbeat just kind of, that's the Billiken basketball. It beats to him. You know, way he just, he's so competitive at both ends of the court, doesn't carry on your reputation or where you're ranked. He was like that in high school and all tough on the circuit, the Nike circuit. So he's been a great uh, building piece of this program for the past four years. From a scheduling standpoint, uh, SLU and their next game will be VCU on Tuesday, which is a 5 o'clock tip here on KMOX. So just be aware of that. Get out of work and listen to some Billiken basketball. But uh, from a scheduling standpoint, they've obviously missed a lot of games. They've had some reshuffling. They've had some games moved around. Where do they stand right now in your eyes for the NCAA tournament in the postseason? Well, it took a hit, obviously, because not only was it a tough loss, but it was on ESPN2. It was kind of the the showcase game that evening. Yeah, just the bracketology, Joe Lenardi watching. Yeah, I mean, kind of the eyes were on us, and uh, not and not and not to come through. That 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 really hurt us. But I think what we're we're still with with uh, quality opponents, VCU, but they're coming off a loss at home to George Mason. We have them, good team. We have Richmond, a good team coming up, and then we picked up UMass next Sunday. So we got three games next week. Uh, to have a chance, we just we'll have to win all three of them, I think, to have a chance to have a that large bid. And obviously, a lot happened. What's going on around the country has a lot to do with that as well. But uh, it was a uh, that was a tough that was a tough blow. But we just had to hopefully try to take these three and then go into the conference tournament the following the first week in March. Yeah, I'm with you. I wanted to ask you a couple other basketball questions. You're not a bracketologist necessarily, but I, I know you keep an eye on everything. Um, let me start at the top here and ask you about number five, Illinois. Boy, did they put the hammer on Minnesota yesterday, and Io DeSumo has a triple-double, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. In your opinion, how far can they go? They got a chance. You know, their they're final four quality, you know, they, they, you know, they got the – one of the best players in the country is DeSumo as a guard. They have uh, one of the best big men in the country. And, uh, you know, uh, they, 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 they got the pieces. Uh, they really played well. They, they beat Minnesota by 30 points twice this season. <laughs> and uh, with Minnesota, including us, they've beaten some good teams in their arena, Michigan, Iowa, and, and Illinois went down there and, you know, handled them pretty good. They, had, they kind of dipped a little bit. But now they uh, looks like they're ascending again. But they got the pieces to make a long run. Coach Underwood, you know, has really got things going. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing about basketball in this area, I love when all the teams are good. You know, Illinois is good. Missouri's good. SLU is good. And, and some of the Valley teams, Missouri State is a team to keep an eye on. But I love when St. Louis kids play well. And let me tell you that I'm a little ticked that when they talk about players of the year or All-American consideration, that I'm not seeing E.J. Liddell's name enough. This Ohio State player is tremendous, and he'll be on a big stage today, won't he? Absolutely. E.J. something, man. Uh, we watched him throughout his career at Belleville West. I mean, you go back-to-back in big school Illinois, 
that 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 doesn't happen too often. And EJ was able to do that, especially in the from the, the only other program from the Metro East to do that at the big school level was Lafonso Ellis and Conzo and those great East St. Louis Lincoln teams of the late eighties, early night, late eighties. EJ is phenomenal, and uh, he's he's always been one of the great shot blockers, scoring inside. He's just I always say he's he's so solid, he's spectacular. You know, he really he just, is. He blocks shots. Now he's shooting the three point shot and a strong clip, which makes it takes his game to another level. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing that today. Yeah, that's going to be Michigan at Ohio State at noon on CBS. So as soon as this show is over, I would yeah, encourage you to yeah have CBS they're, on. They're, they're, they're projected in the both are number one seeds projected, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that is a big-time clash. Yep, number three team in the country, Michigan, at number four, Ohio State. Well, just a final thought on SLU here in the last 30 seconds or so. Uh, Earl, what do you see – from this next game against VCU? Well, once again, we're going to play, like Dayton, we're playing a, a, a good team coming off a tough overtime loss. So uh, I think we'll bounce back. I think uh, that obviously that's one that just, we just, that wasn't us out there. That Dayton had a lot to do with it. So VCU is a team with a lot of links. Playing in the Seagull Center is a tough place to play. They press. It'll be a fun game to try to watch, and I think the tempo would be good. And uh, I think we'll just come out. I think we'll just we'll come out with a better effort, extra effort plays, and hopefully we we'll shoot the ball a little bit better. I think that's what we hope to see tomorrow or yep. Tuesday. Evening. Yep, Tuesday, five o'clock here on KMOX. You and Rammer do such a great job together. I love listening to the games and looking forward to it. congratulations again to the SLU women who won. They got their win at Dayton, sixty-four fifty-seven, and that's been a fun ride for them as well. Earl, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Tom. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Billiken radio analyst Earl Austin Jr. on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Jimmy the Cat Hayes after the 11 o'clock news. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.